coming up on this episode, we thankfully finish up March Madness by solving the remaining cases in Detective Land. Will we survive our times as private investigators? Stick around, it starts right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 204, recorded April 8th, 2021. Text-Based Adventure Games, Part 5. In all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows, in one shining moment, it's all on the line. In one shining moment. Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast for the two hosts Grant everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always... By our own Magnum PI, Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Agent Sean. Are we ready to uh, take on another hot case? You know, Matt, I got to tell you, when we did the first week of text-based adventures on March Madness, I was excited. And when we continued into the second week, I remained excited. Then we did the third week, and I was like, we've done a lot of these. And then we did the fourth week, and I was like, we've really done a lot of these. And now it's mid-April, and we're still doing these. and. I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited for tonight. We're going to see what happens. Sean, I've, uh, I, I, I've got the sense that you've caught on to my grandmaster plan, <laughs> which, of course, is turning this podcast into a text adventure podcast. Yeah, yeah. I noticed when we kind of just did a whole bunch of that. Uh, and so it's working. I, you know, the results are there so far. I was trying to think of what, how we could up for debate. How we can, how can we change that into a pod that that title? What if, how would what if we change the name of our podcast into a text based adventure? What if we called it? I already got the name, the Goldilocks Zone. No, that's no, stupid. That's we shouldn't stupid do name. that. That's yeah. a terrible name. No one whoever would picked that name is an idiot. Absolute fool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll have to think about that. Well, we, can, um, we can just call it Game Nights. We already own that. I still renew the domain on that. So, good, good. That'll be that'll be worth a lot someday when somebody okay. else tries to take it from us. Yeah. Um. Do you know? I, I originally I thought it was Game Night spelled with a K. Absolutely not. I, I shut I, that one down so quickly. Yes, I, I, that's that's what I thought it was. And by the way, the, uh, I get into this at work all first. the time we, when we pick names for products and things. My first thing is, how would someone Google it? And I always say, if, if our show was called Game Nights with a K, do you know how you would have to explain it to everyone who wasn't seeing it written? I host a pot. Oh, where can I find it? Just search Game Nights with a K. You'd have to say with a K every time. Every single time. Every it would be, single or you could time. say it nights like a medieval night. Yes, but you would have to explain because I mean, default, yeah. if you heard Game Nights without seeing it written, and you went to search for it, you'd never find it because it's got a K. That's true. So there's some really clever names out there for uh, gaming podcasts. And uh, I, I just subscribed to one recently where they play D&D and they're, it's called. Um, uh, it's like crit, crit, critical, critical, hit? Miss, critical, something like that. Critical yeah. Hit. yeah, yeah, that's a pretty popular one. That's right. That's right. Um. And I don't know. I picked up my broken phone. I didn't. It's, not, <laughs> it's like gonna check it on my broken phone. This is my real working phone. Uh, anyway, that's uh. They, there's a lot of a lot of clever, clever uh things. What can I do with this? This is a SIM card. Can I like do something cool with this? You can eat it. 
<laughs> you just pop it like a tic tac. All right, like sits under my tongue. Yeah, just let it dissolve in your mouth. Hours from it. Hmm. Yeah, you'll be able to make calls with your brain. Uh, no, you no. There's nothing cool to do with it. All right. Well, I'll, I'm just gonna keep it here. I guess I have nothing else to do with it. So, um, we ready to get into it? We want, do we have to do like a back of a uh, previously uh, uh, on story? Yeah, previously, previously on, on up for debate. Up for debate. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should do it uh, because we listened. Uh, we played Detective Land, uh, a text-based adventure game, pretty popular, uh, in which our detective character uh, in the... Hang on, because it reopened this. It's Lanson Rose, private investigator um, in a town full of creeps, clowns, mobsters, and if you know where to look, the occasional honest citizen. When trouble is your business, you're rarely short of work in New Losongo. Um and so we had two cases we solved last week. Uh, first was a study in squid uh, in which we uh, connected with Marcus Q. Disdain, a science fiction writer. Uh, we went to his house. We found out about secret tunnels under the city that they were using to sneak in giant squids that the well-to-do use for, use for secret ink, uh, secret invisible ink. Uh, we also uh, solved the case of the Big Pickle, uh, in which we went to the McDonald's house. We found out that uh, the wife was actually the scientist who had invented this new thing called a hamburger, uh, but her husband had gotten killed by a jealous Italian chef, uh, and we foiled him by feeding him a bunch of spicy pizza. We also we invented can... flagpole sitting, Sean. We did. We you are correct. We invented flagpole sitting at the college, uh, which we should be very proud of. Um, we have three hundred one dollars and twenty five cents. Um, and uh, what's left for us, Matt? We've solved two of four cases. Uh, we're now back at our private detective office, where a rat faced man is waiting to talk to us to help us begin our next case. Wait, before we talk to this man, yes. What are some of the things we can do with that money? $301. What can we well, do with that money? Let's see. So in the city, let's look at locations we can go to in the city. Uh, you can go to the police department, the hospital, the Disdain House, the publisher's office, Corndale College, the McDonald House, and the Italian restaurant. But we arrested. So I would like to go back to the Italian restaurant. Okay. But we already arrested the owner. So well, let's see. Will it let us do that? The restaurant is closed, probably because we arrested the owner. Yes, that makes sense. Can we use that money to buy a better game? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, we do? no, I don't think it works that way. I mean, we can go to the hospital and see if we can buy some medical care. Uh, for $300, for that, would, that would probably be what they would charge us for like sitting in the waiting room. We can bribe the police, maybe. Although this is this is like 19. What is this game like 1901 or something? Yeah, it's very noir. Yeah. 1920. So this that's a lot of money. I think it's actually 1929. I think they yeah, said, you can uh, buy a Buick for three hundred dollars. We're rich. Yeah. For three hundred dollars, 1929. We're doing just fine. And not only are we doing just fine, I think we should invest all that money in the stock market. It, it only ever goes up. Especially in 1929. Sean, think about the killing we'll make. 
will be massively wealthy. You know what we could do, Matt, is, is you know, we were talking about uh, boats and, and we were talking to the captain earlier. Maybe we should buy a ticket on this new ship, Titanic. Ah. I hear it's I hear on it's Yes. The, 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 the Titan of the Seas. Yes. I think that would be a really fun text adventure, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Have you, you ever played was... the Titanic board game? No, I haven't. We had it as as kids. It was it was a, actually a pretty good game in terms of like the mechanics of it, but it was really bummer because it was the first person to like escape the ship one and I guess theoretically then everyone else died. Oh god, that's it very was really, it was like a race to get to like the lifeboats. It was very weird, but it was a good game. Okay. Let's see if I can track down I can a copy. Take your word for it. Um one of my favorite games uh board games growing up that I don't know if it holds up now, but I we had the Pokemon board game. Okay. And are you familiar with that one? I had the Pokemon Monopoly. Okay. But I never had Pokemon the board game. No, the, in the board game, it was it was very fun. I think you had to. I really don't remember most of the premise, other than literally like it was it was kind of like Monopoly, but you didn't buy Pokemon. You had to like catch them, but with like dice rolls. Then you could fight them against other Pokemon with dice ro- rolls. But then I just remember one or two of them were just so, like, really powerful. Anybody that got those ones would basically win. But other than that, I, 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 remember, I remember it being very fun. Well, that's what's confusing to me, though. It, like, isn't Pokemon already a game? It is. Isn't Titanic already a game? It's a game of life or death. It's the most dangerous game. Man, no, I don't think that's what it's. Uh, let's let's talk to the rat faced man. Let's see okay. what he has to say. By the way, uh, board game geek gives Titanic the board game a 4.3 out of 5. That's wow, it's excellent. Uh, okay, yes, let's talk to the rat faced man in the office. Case opened, speakeasy street. Oh, I can't remember the goddamn accents. What can I do for you? I ask the guy. Mr. Rose, he squeaks. My name is Wexler. My employer would very much like to speak with you. There's a something he needs looking into, see? And let's say they don't want to go through the official channels on this one. You can ask him about his employer or about the money for the case. Uh, ask him about his... Uh, we always, I think... Uh, traditionally, we've always asked for the money first. So let's yeah. let, let's ask him for the money first. That's how we got to be three hundred dollars, and uh, we got three hundred dollars richer because of it. So let's do that. Now about my rates: fifty now and fifty when you finish the job. He says it's acceptable, so I accept. Okay. Um. Now we can ask about his employer. Your employer, I ask? These guys, says Wexler, and gives me a handbill. It's a handbill for a funeral director on Louisiana and third. The blurb reads, we know that losing a loved one can have difficult consequences and be hard to deal with. It can get our spirits down. That's why all of us at Marla and Jenkins will do our very best for you. Come in and speak to us and we'll make it easy. Your employer is a funeral director? I ask Wexler. What's so hush-hush about that? Wexler's mouth twitches. Just read the first word on every line, he says. 
um, which I will now read for you. We have hard spirits at our speak easy. Hmm. Hard spirits, you say. Finally, something to spend this money on. There you or go. Or are we uh, are we gonna play? Uh, are we gonna play Untouchables here, and we're gonna go in and bust them up? <laughs> I, that would probably be more exciting than whatever the game's gonna actually have for us. But yes, probably. Okay, so well, I don't really get where the problem is. Well, I think what we should this? check out the speakeasy and see what's going on. Oh, his he okay. That took me lo- too long to figure out. His boss owns the speakeasy and sent him to hire us to go to the speakeasy. Okay, yes. I, I I did not see what the problem was. Okay, now I think I've got it. But we can't just travel to the speakeasy, Sean. It's a speakeasy. It's supposed to be like an underground thing. Well, how about we then travel to the funeral home instead? Okay, that sounds good. I'm game for a, for a funeral. Okay. I, just, at- I randomly just thought, remember last episode where I pulled out the revolver and tried to shoot the pizza man with it and it turned and out to be lighter. lighter? Yeah. That was, that was fun. That was yep. a fun moment. Yep, There's it some was. All right. Um, yeah, a few little fun things. And by the way, I should tell you in our inventory, I have all the random stuff we've picked up, like a disembodied tentacle, a bell jar labeled okay. prototype two, um a broken doorknob oh so, fun in case so we oh, could probably what? use that like to yeah and now by the okay. way the gun now now is labeled as a gun-shaped novelty lighter but well, before it was it was gun or it said handgun yeah handgun <laughs> all right <laughs> uh matt you're at louisiana street and third avenue you can see a skinny fella a big fella the funeral director's office a parked hearse with its back open a big stack of coffins in the hearse. And that is it. Now you can open those coffins. You can enter the funeral director's office or talk to either the skinny fella or the big fella. Hmm. I think, uh, well, let's start out with the big fella and see what he's got to say. The big fella don't say much. Luigi don't say much, says the skinny fella. Yeah, that's what I figured. I guess I'll I'll talk to the I'll talk to the skinny fella then. The name's Gianni, says the skinny fella. Excuse my brother Luigi. He's a little slow. When we were kids back in Sicily, he got shot in the head by a, a horse. He got shot in the head by a horse? No, he got shot in the head by and then he interrupted to say to change it and say it was a horse instead of getting shot. Right, I didn't really right. sell it. It's better in the text. Uh, I, nod at, <laughs> I nod at the coffin. What's that? A party booking? Oh, all of those, says Gianni. Yeah, he needs a new voice. Uh, oh, those, says Gianni. Ha, yeah, I guess business is good today. Come on, Luigi, we got stiffs to shift. Gianni and Luigi lift up one of the coffins between them. It makes a noise like clinking glass. They carry it into the funeral director's office. Okay. Now you can so, you can look in one of the coffins or enter the funeral director's office. Let's look in one of the coffins. I open one of the coffins. Inside is a large collection of booze in glass bottles. An automobile rumbles by. Now, you can get in the coffin. 
Uh, or you can take some of the bottles of booze. Oh, well, we're 100% going to do that. Okay. Take it. We're going, the, we're going the crooked cop angle. You took it. That's what we're doing. So we've got it. We've got the alcohol on us now. Yep. Um, can we, let's climb in the coffin. Because I'm assuming that, uh, that they're probably not going to let us in otherwise. It, uh, I can't fit while carrying all this booze. Oh, come on. Okay. Let's go. Let's try to go into the tent. Okay. Or not the, the, uh, the, the office. Yeah. Office. You're in the office. You can see a clerk sitting behind the counter you can talk to or and stairs leading down. Gianni and Luigi uh, come up the stairs and walk outside. All right. Let's go chat with the clerk. Okay. The girl looks up at me with a bored expression. You can ask her about funerals or coffins, and you can tell her about your conversation with Wexler. Uh, yeah, I think I feel like rather than just get to the heart of the matter, which is uh, telling her about the conversation, I feel like a real gumshoe in this case would do some like banter. Yeah. And probably talk about funerals, make like some kind of like a sly joke about like crying at funerals or laughing at funerals or something. Let's do that. So you do funerals? I ask. Uh, sure, says the girl. When someone dies, we bury them. Organize someone else burying them, maybe. I mean, that's what we're all about here. Funerals. Sure. Let's uh, take out the booze from our jacket and offer this gal a drink. Uh, you cannot offer her a drink, but you can drink it yourself. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's uh, have a drink then. Cheers. Lunchtime already? I take a gulp from one of the bottles. Inferior <laughs> moonshine that tastes like it's been brewed up by some hillbilly out of barley corn and dead possums in a rain barrel. Now, that ain't always a bad thing, but this particular stuff is disgusting. Anyway, I'm not going to get through the lot. There must be my own weight in booze here. <laughs> lunchtime already i like that all right um <laughs> let's uh let's let's get to the heart of the matter then tell her about our conversation with wexler someone sent me a mr wexler the girl's eyes roll not that guy sweet on me i send him on a few errands and he thinks he works here i'm sorry if he's wasted your time He doesn't work there. Weird. Okay. Um, have you ever seen an octopus's tentacle before? I or love giant... octopus's tentacle. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> a giant squid's tentacle. Whatever it says. It, it says yeah. here, she takes off her mask and is revealed to be a giant squid. Oh. Whoa. Everybody in the game is a giant squid. <laughs> what a twist. What a great twist. Yeah. That would make this game very... Very interesting. All right. Um, I guess. Um, I guess we're going to the back. I guess is that where Johnny and Luigi went, or we could we could put all the booze back and then jump in the coffin. But I don't really know what that would. Well, do you want we to try really going? Introduced like a purpose for that yet? Do you want to try going downstairs? Oh yeah, that's right. We could. Yeah, let's just do that. Let's go downstairs. The clerk stops you. I can't let you go down there, mister, she says. Uh, can I take out my badge and show her my badge? 
uh, you're a private investigator. You don't have a badge because you're not a police officer. Good point. I, 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 for some reason, I thought that was one of our items. So. All right. Uh, is there anything I can say to this clerk besides what we've already said? Nope. It seems like you've hit a dead end. Can I bribe the clerk with some money? We've you cannot money. give her. You cannot give her money. That should be an option. It, it should, should be, be able to bribe. Her. Yeah, I should be able to bribe anybody I want in this game, other than pay for a dollar for a cab ride. That's the only thing you can spend money on. Um, I don't even think the pizza cost. Did the pizza cost money? Yes, it did. We paid, I think, like twelve. No, it was a, like a couple bucks for the pizza. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Then, all right, let's go back. Let's can we go out back to talk to Johnny and Luigi again? Sure. Maybe they have more to say. Skinny Gianni and Big Luigi. Um. They already they've got nothing. Uh, nothing. All else. right. So you ask you ask Gianni about the coffins. No, really, I say. If that many people had died all at once, I'm pretty sure I've had heard about it. Now, really, insists Gianni. It's nothing to worry about. Just a big pile of corpses. Would you mind letting us do our jobs? Come on, Luigi. Johnny and Luigi start to lift one of the coffins. Hey, this is too light. Shall we take a look inside? Luigi lifts the lid of the coffin. They stare at its lack of contents. Hey, you stole all that booze. Then Luigi notices the large number of bottles of booze I happen to be carrying. Now look here, (laughs) says Gianni. Some people got no respect. That makes me very sad. Does it make you sad, Luigi? (laughs) Luigi, being a man of few words, prefers to express his sadness by socking me in the face. Everything goes black. I wake up a couple of hours later in a hospital ward with a sore head. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our first first setback. Well, Um, there's an interesting twist here, Matt. There's a character you can meet at the hospital. Ruby, your girlfriend. Would you like to talk to her? Of course, yeah. Let's talk to Ruby. Ruby looks at me fondly. Hey, Lanson, she says. <laughs> Ruby, I asked gently. Where do you think go- things are going between us? She sighs. You would know I'd like to take it a little further. Get, mur- get married, get a place together. But we can't afford it, Lanson. We need at least a couple thousand in savings. They pay me about a third of what the male doctors get, and you're a struggling P.I. I know it's what you love doing, but I wish... She goes silent. How's work, I ask. The usual, she says. A few drunks, fights, industrial accidents, nothing exciting. Okay. Good and talk, that's your, Ruby. That's your conversation with Ruby. Good talk. Um... I can't tell her about all the all the wacky adventure. Let me pull out the squid. Pull out the squid tentacle. See what she says to that. She doesn't say anything to it. Oh man. Because you cannot show all it right. to her. All right, Ruby. I'm really glad we like talked and stuff. But uh I gotta go. I gotta get back to this uh I gotta get back to this thing that's going on at the funeral home. They they're shipping booze through it. Still not entirely sure what I'm investigating, but I got all this booze. Yeah, do so you do back? not. No, you do not have the booze anymore. So okay. you popped in a taxi and returned to the funeral parlor. Um, you're outside of the office. The hearse with the stack of coffins is there. You have to figure out a way to get into the speakeasy uh, when the front clerk, desk clerk, will not let you. 
All right. Well, now, now I think the answer is obvious. We just jump in the coffin and wait. They'll carry us in. Okay. So uh, you open the coffin. Inside is a large bunch of booze bottles. You can't fit in with the booze in there. Uh, Gianni and Luigi walk out of the funeral director's office as you try and get in the coffin. Hey, says Gianni, seeing the coffee open. Some bozo's been snooping in our booze. That makes me very sad, Luigi. Very sad. (laughs) He inspects the contents of the coffin. At least all the er, dead bodies still seem to be there, he says, with a guilty glance in my direction. Luigi closes the coffin lid. (laughs) Wow. Oh. Oh. Okay, it's a shame that we arrested the pizza guy first because I feel like we could have gone and gotten them pizza and like used that as a as a as a bribe. Like you know, like would have brought back the pizza and it could have lured them away. Mm-hmm. So we could like get them out of the scene for a bit. Cuz now I don't know what to do because that that kind of closed that option. So, hmm. What to do now? What to do Would you now? Like a hint? Not yet. What do we have in our inventory that we could use? Nothing. You don't need anything in your inventory. Was there anything that we missed? Like options that I missed? No, I'll rewind the tape here a little bit and remind you that uh let's see if I can get um get the exact quote from the transcript here. Uh, you saw Gianni and Luigi carrying a coffin in and out of the basement. Okay. Full of booze. So. So I feel like somehow I'm supposed to get into that coffin. But the problem okay. is that yeah. they're they're, guard, they're guarding it, right? No, they're not guarding it. If I, I so I hit, I'm gonna hit wait a couple times and see if they. Oh, if they leave. All right, yeah. When they leave, then I'll go back in. Yeah. Time passes. Gianni and Luigi lift up one of the coffins between them. It makes a noise like clinking glass. They carry it into the funeral director's office. So now let me hide in the new coffin, the next one. Okay, but the issue is the coffin is full of booze. booze. So I have to dump the booze out. Can I take the booze and then hide in the coffin? But then, oh, then it says I can't. Nope. I'm full, I'm full That's right. Full so you kids. took the booze. Right? Yeah. Oh, so- oh. Bring it back to the station. Put it in my filing cabinet. Uh, Okay. Let's try that. Um, I will give it to Ruby. We tried that. No, I'll take you to your office. Okay. Filing cabinet. I might be thinking about this too literally. Nope. I put the bottle of booze in your office. And now I'm going to head back to the funeral home. Ah, I climb inside and pull the lid shut over me. I'm in a coffin. You can also see underside of lid. So okay. you read it. Yeah. So yeah, read it. So you look up at the lid of the coffin. It reads buried alive. Sue 
Visit J. Epsom Esquire, attorney at law, Main Street and Fifth Avenue, News Losongo. Which is a very funny bit. Uh, <laughs> I hear two guys' footsteps approaching. Too bad we didn't find it, Luigi, says the voice of Gianni. We'll just tell him the Donna you we'll just tell the Donna you got thirsty, I guess. The coffin the, I feel the coffin being lifted and carried down a flight of stairs and lowered to the floor. A lady bartender lifts the lid and I climb out. Suddenly a lot of eyes are on me. Do you mind telling me what you were doing in my supply of Elizabeth? Begins the bartender. I mean, wow, this one's still alive. Everybody, cancel the funeral. We've had a miracle. <laughs> Relax, I say. I ain't a flatfoot. My name is L- name is Lanson Rose, and I was led to believe that someone here might want to speak with me. Let me guess, said the bartender with a frown. Little guy talk to you? Looks like a rat? Fine, since you're here, let's see if you have any use. We'll talk in my office. Boys, that'll be all for now. Johnny and Luigi pick up the empty coffin and leave. The bartender walks into the back office, beckoning you to follow. You're in a swinging speakeasy. You can see a trumpet player on the stage, drunks, a bar, and the back office. Do you know where the uh, expression flatfoot came from? I don't, but I would love to know. So, during the war, we're talking about like World War One. And, and uh, World War II, um, the soldiers overseas, like what was one, when they would be examined, like medically examined by a doctor, what was one common trait that could, you know, dis- disqualify or disclude people from joining the military was having flat feet. So um, the police officers were like calling a police officer a flatfoot just essentially meant that they like couldn't go into the army or couldn't go into the military. Yeah. Yeah. So because they had flat feet. So that was like a, an insult. Yeah. Interesting little little working that into my vocabulary. Listen here, flatfoot. Still don't know where gumshoe comes from. Uh, That's a a new one to me. Listen here, gumshoe. I don't know. Like, uh, has to do with, I got getting gum on your shoe. It happens okay. to me a lot when I go to the movies, but. Ah, turns out the original gum shoes of the late 1800s were shoes or boots made of gum rubber, the soft soled precursors of our modern sneakers. At the turn of the century, to gum shoe meant to sneak around quietly as if wearing gum shoes, either in order to rob or conversely to catch sleep thieves. A gum shoe man was originally slang for a thief, but by around 18. 18- Oh, uh, 1908 gumshoe usually meant a police detective as it has ever since. Wow. There you go. The more, you know, you learn something. Let's go talk to the drunks. Okay. <laughs> you talk to the drunks. You'll never understand them anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, did you say there was someone playing the piano? The trumpet on stage who oh, you can trumpet. talk to. We can tr- talk to the trumpet player? You sure can. All right, yeah, let's go talk to him. He's it's interesting. Not, not while he's performing. Oh, okay, okay. We'll wait. Um, I guess we got to go to the bartender, maybe like chat him up a bit. All right, you're in a small office with a bartender and a desk with drawers. You talk to the bartender. Her name is Vivienne. I, I need new lady voice. I ain't the... Uh, 
I ain't the bartender. I'm the owner, Vivienne, says the dame. Now, although it wasn't that rodent's place to get you involved, it does so happen there's a matter you might help us with. If you've sampled our wares, you may have noticed that the booze is awful. It's not bad, I say kindly, and I'm telling the truth. It's not bad. It's terrible. Well, it wasn't bad last month. In fact, I prided myself on serving the best drop of hooch in New Losongo. I want to know what's going on, and I want my good booze back. You ask her about her suppliers. Who supplies you with the booze? Those two goons, Gianni and Luigi, bring it over. I think they work for some rich dame over in Princely Heights. And how's a dame like you get into the speakeasy business, I ask. Daddy was a funeral director, a real one. I inherited the business the day Prohibition got signed into law, and I didn't want a career lugging stiffs around. So, whose idea was the hearse? That came with the business. It seemed like a good way to smuggle the booze in, so I gave the boys the keys. Hold on, I've got a spare set somewhere. She opens the drawer and rifles through the desk for a moment. Here they are, and uh, she hands you the set of car keys. Sean, if uh, podcasting doesn't work out, and if <laughs> roofing supplies, I, I think you've got a you've got a career in voice acting. Thank you, man. You <laughs> I did not. Very, if, in, in case you can't figure it out, I planned out none of these ahead of time. It's very convincing. I was. I felt like I was in the speech. That one hurt my throat. To Vivienne. That one hurt. Um, it's okay. It was uh, it was a masterful performance. So, okay. I think we've I think we've got all the um well we don't have all the information we need. We've got we've got a kind of a little bit of a lead here. We've got yes. a little bit of a motive of a motive. Yep. We're finding out now. Yep. So what can we do? Let's see. Um what what are my options now? Uh, there are none. You can go, you know, you have the car keys and you know, Luigi and, uh, Gianni are your two key suspects. Yes. So can I go and like confront them again? Well, well there's nothing go. else to do in this cool. There was nothing game? else to do in the office. Uh, but the trumpet player has stopped playing and is now sitting at the bar. Yeah. All right. Let's go chat him up. The trumpet players or the trumpet player orders a highball from the bar. Then turns to me. Good uh, choice. They call me Snake Fingers Jackson. How's things? Oh, that's some fine um, noise. That's some fine noise you make with that thing. I tell him with a nod to the horn in his right hand. Thanks, he says. Learned it from the Lizard Hips Morton, who learned it from Soapy Franklin, who was taught by Sponge Cake Jones himself. So, what do you know about this place? I ask. I've been coming here a while, he says, taking a sip of his drink and making a sour face. Drinks sure used to be better. It's very interesting, the liquor they serve here, I say. Any idea where it comes from? Sure. Rich white family over in Princely Heights. Got the bootlegging business sewn up in this town. Hired me to play at some big wedding on their lawn last year. Here, I'll give you the address. He pulls out a scrap of paper, scribbles on it, and gives it to you. The paper reads... 1307 Princely Boulevard at Nebraska Street. Okay, thank you for that. So we've got that nice tip. Um, 
let's go talk to Gianni and Luigi before we leave, before we go okay. over to that house. Yeah. I just want to see if there's anything more they can, uh, they can, we can get out of them. So you are, uh, you're out on Louisiana street and third Avenue outside of the funeral director's home. Luigi and Gianni are nowhere to be found, but the parked hearse is sitting there unattended. Let's go up to that hearse. Investigate. Okay. You take your keys and enter the hearse. Uh, you can see a steering wheel, which you can use to drive the car, a glove compartment, and a big stack of coffins. Open the glove compartment. It's always something in the glove Some compartment. things fall out, including driving gloves, which I'm going to take, and a receipt, which you take and read. The receipt reads, Caw Mills Lumberyard, Ohioan First, West New Lasongo, 400 or 700 pine coffins, $4,900 payable by cash or check. Okay. Uh, what else was in that glove compartment? Uh, just that and the driving gloves, which I've stolen. Yes, we, we definitely would, would need those. Can we put the driving gloves on? drive the hearse to our new destination nah kind of hard to renew a pi license with a car theft record (laughs) always thinking two steps ahead i like it i like it um all right then i guess we're i guess we're just gonna hmm. because we could wait for them to come back right because they're obviously still here if the car is here uh, we certainly we can do that, or we can go to either the lumberyard or the house in Princely Heights, both of which we now have the addresses yeah. for. I don't really think we need the we need them to wait because they're like they're the suspects, right? If we talk to them, probably just going to get punched again, right? Uh, so let's go to the uh, let's go to the lumberyard. Okay, that's Check fine. That place out. So you exit the car. And you head on over to the lumber yard. You're at Ohio Street and First Avenue in the west side. You can see a lumber yard. You enter it. Uh, you see a workshop, which you can enter, and the lumber yard owner, who you can talk to. Talk to the lumber yard owner. Uh, you, you have any requests for impressions you'd like me to do for some of these voices? Actually, yes. <laughs> I was thinking I regret he's, asking. He's a, he's a lumberyard owner. So I think he should sound like a lumberjack from central Canada. Okay. I'm going to do and... a lumberjack central Canada. You're really pushing me, but I'm going to do it. Hi, <laughs> the name's Carmel, but my friends call me Mr. Carmel. He says, taking the fat cigar out of his you mouth. Know Australian lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm just, I'm trying here. Nice place you got here, I say. Built the business from scratch myself. Pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and a small loan of ten grand from my father. I'm interested in an order you met recently, I say, for 700 coffin. Ring any bells? I don't discuss my accounts with strangers. You want to nose through my books? Go get a real cop. Bring a warrant. And he ends the conversation. Ah, okay. He's going to do this the hard way. Take out that handgun, Sean. (laughs) And light him on fire. (laughs) 
Uh, let's. I guess let's enter the lumberyard. Well, I guess will, will they let us enter the lumberyard? Absolutely. You're in the lumberyard workshop. You see miserable-looking workers. You can talk to. You see machinery, workbenches, an oil can, a wood saw, and an account book. I'm going to take the oil can. I'm going to take the saw, and I'm going to take the account book. But when you take the account book, uh, hey, shout sawmill. That's private stuff. Get out of here. But you're still in there. You just can't take the account book. All right. Let's go talk to the disgruntled workers. The workers do their best to listen while continuing to work. Uh, Let's see. How's the work? I ask an oil-covered man. It's great, replies the worker quickly with a nervous glance towards Sawmill. Mr. Sawmill is fair to us and not at all horrible. So, totally what do you think of your boss? I ask the workers. There's a general murmur of unconvincing approval. Cawmill beams. Any of you guys remember an order for 700 coffins recently? I ask the floor. No one says a word. Maybe this will jog your memory. Take out the gun, Sean. Let's see. What, what do I have? that I can use in this case. See, this is why it would be really helpful to have a badge, even if it's a fake badge, <laughs> to be able to hold it up and be like, you gotta, you gotta answer me. You gotta do what I say. Uh, you ask another worker what she thinks of her boss. He treats us like dirt, but it's not like we can afford to quit. Oh, look, I kept that. Oh, it turns out you can keep asking. You you ask a couple more people about the coffins. An oil-covered woman in dirty clothes answers. Yeah, I remember. Mr. Cawmill had us working double time at half pay. No one told us what they were for. Wait a second. The owner of the sawmill's name is Mr. Cawmill? Yes. And he owns a sawmill? Yes, Cawmill Sawmill. That's awesome. See what they did there. Uh, you ask another worker about the work. How's the work? It sucks. The hours are long. My back's killing me. No pension, no insurance, no fun. Not even a water cooler. And the thirstiest work I've ever done. Thirsty, you say? Can we go back to the office, get our booze, and come back? Hey, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. All right, let's do got that. A, got you, a nice clue there. You exit. You head to your office. You enter, take the booze, you leave, you go back to the lumber yard, which you enter and the workshop. Uh, and then you drop the booze. Cawmill walks out to the yard. Hey, says an old woman, we got free booze. All the workers immediately down their tools and run over to the booze. You slyly pick up the accounts book. The workers are too preoccupied with drinking to notice. Nice. And now it says they're happy workers drinking. <laughs> um, I bet they are. Let's uh, let's right. read that account book. Yeah. Uh, I notice an entry for seven hundred pine coffins ordered two weeks ago by a Miss D. Cardici of thirteen oh seven Princely Boulevard at Nebraska Street. 
Okay. That's good. Our clues are converging. It's all, yeah, it all comes down to this. Let's head to that, uh, let's head to that house, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're at Nebraska Street and Princely Boulevard in Princely Heights. You see a bunch of mansions, but really the one you want is 1307 Princely, which you try to enter, but the gate's locked. Would you like to climb the gate? Yeah, climb it. Definitely. Uh, You climb over. You're on the front lawn before an opulent mansion. You can see grazing horses, which you can pet, an oct- a locked iron gate, which, oh, you just climbed that, uh, an Italian flag, a stable, which you can enter, and a mansion, which you can enter. Wow, this is this is pretty elaborate. Um, I am going to keep in mind the flag for later because I wonder if we're going to uh, resume flagpole sitting. That's uh, oh, hey, yeah, you can't climb it now, but you never know. Yeah, that's a uh, might be a might be a uh, time to time to whip that one out. Um, I get, can we like just go up? To, well, it says you can enter the stable or the mansion. I yeah yeah I guess I guess let's go into the let's go into the mansion sure the door's not locked so it doesn't count as burglary right I sneak in I'm in the foyer uh you uh you look at some photographs on the wall they look like the usual rich people family portraits centered around an aging lady and a couple of sons taken at various times over the last twenty years there's something familiar about my heart just about stops that lady. I've seen her mugshots pulled out in relation to a dozen murder cases, but there's never been enough evidence to put her away. That's Donna Cardici. And if this is her house and I'm caught trespassing in it, I'm a dead man. The boys are familiar too, a skinny one and a big one. They're a little younger, but sure enough, that's those two goons from the funeral directors, Gianni and Luigi. Sure is. Hmm. Now, there's also a pair of soft house shoes you can take and wear. Yeah, let's let's put on the house shoes. Why not? By house shoes, that uh, those are slippers, right? Yes. Like, is that what they used to call slippers? They used to call them house shoes? Yes. I think, I think that's intended to help you uh, stay quiet as you sneak through the home. Yeah, that would be my guess. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's slip on the house shoes. Okay. Well, you in the house, you can go south, up, or leave. Let's go south. You're in a lavish front room. You see a parakeet in a birdcage, rickety shelves, and an eight-piece china tea set on the shelves, which you can take. The parakeet puffs its chest out. Let's not take the tea set just yet, because okay. I feel like... If if somebody notices it's missing, it'll be bad. Okay. So we'll keep it there, and if we if we need it, we'll come back. Okay. You can uh you can return where you came, or you can head e- continue east. Can I take the parakeet? No. All right. Uh, head east. As I walk past the parakeet, it emits a mighty squawk. Donna Cardici busts into the room with a derringer yeah, in her hands, and it fires. I wake up in the hospital ward with a new car. You're lucky as well as stupid, says Ruby. That bullet missed your heart by a tenth of an inch. Oh my god. <laughs> that was that was also sudden. Yeah, you were I knew fat. that the parakeet was gonna squawk, but I, I figured maybe we could get out of the room before it started doing that and 
All right. So let's let's go try that again, I guess. But we will just uh, come up with a tactic to. We have the slippers on, right? So we should be able to slip past the parakeet. No, the parakeet sees you. You spook him. Okay. We're going to come up with a new tactic then. Okay. Put me back in that same spot. You're back in the same spot. Okay. So the options are head east or leave the room? Yeah, or return in the direction which you came. I wonder, how can we stop the parakeet? What do we have? What's what's I? What are my items again? In my that you have in your inventory. I mean, you've got a very long list. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Anything there that you think might be able to stop a parakeet. No, no. I think you may have to come back to this room. Okay. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's go up then. Okay. Back and up. Now you're in a bedroom. You see Donna Cardici asleep. A oh, four poster yeah. bed a washstand, and a mahogany bureau. You, uh, I click to open the bureau. The drawer no. tugs open with a loud scraping noise. Donna Cardici wakes up, pulls a Dellinger oh, from under the mattress, shit. and fires. You wake up in the <laughs> hospital with a new scar. You're as lucky as well as stupid. That bullet missed your heart by about a tenth of an inch. Oh, no. I thought she was, I thought she would have, like, unique things to say every time we got sent there. You must get wow, shot a lot. this woman has shot me twice so far. This yes. is, uh, but I mean, I am breaking and entering, so I guess it's, uh, I guess it's deserved. Um, okay. So can we, can we go up there, but not open the bureau? Like, or do anything? But there's nothing else to do. I see. I see. What is the... Would you like to try the stable it? instead? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I guess we'll go to the stable. Uh, you're in a stable. I love how it kind of tells you these very simple. Um, uh, you're in the stable. You see a tarpaulin, which if you're not familiar, it's a heavy duty waterproof cloth made of canvas um, that you use to cover a horse. Okay. You take um, it. Yeah, I was going to say, let's. Uh, under the terrapin, under the terrapin is a small bale of hay, which you also take. There's nothing else in the stable. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go to the flagpole. Uh, there's nothing to do with the. There's well, there's nothing you can do with the flagpole. I would like to spray that. Do I still have that spray that takes the paint off the flagpole? Uh, the um, yeah, you do the turpentine. And I put it on the flagpole. Uh, you can't put it on the flagpole damn all right i wanted a flagpole sit and i thought maybe I by doing that it would draw it would draw um it would draw the, the crazy woman out of her house she would come and like try to see me on the flagpole and i could run back in while she's not looking that was where my plan was there but otherwise i think uh what if we cover the parakeet with the tarp oh that's an interesting idea it sounds pretty dangerous because I'm. It would probably upset the parakeet, unless it's like in a cage. And then you just like cover the cage with. The it tarp. is in a cage. It is Let's in a cage. But yeah, and I think that's okay. The way to go. Mm-hmm. 
I throw the terpolin over the birdcage. That seems to calm down its occupant. Nice. Now let's walk past them and head east. As you walk past the shelves, they wobble and the china comes crashing down. Oh, Smash. No. Donna Cardici bursts into the room with a derringer in her hands and it fires. You wake up in the hospital with a new scar. You're lucky as well as stupid. That bullet missed your heart by about a tenth right. of an inch. Half an inch. Oh, no. Not again. Uh, all right. Um, okay. So I guess we have to go back to that point, take the china out of the cabinet, hide it all in our jacket, and then sneak across the parakeet. Right? Do we still have the tarp in our, our, our inventory? Uh, yes. Yes, you do. Okay, let's let's do all that again, but this time we'll take the tea set. Okay. As you try to pick up the china, it slips from your fingers. Smash! What? Donna Cardici bursts into the room with a danger no, and fires. You're, you're lucky as well as stupid. <laughs> that bullet missed your spine by about a tenth of an inch. All right. Maybe, did it slip because we weren't wearing the driving gloves? No, it slipped because you walked by. I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it from falling. We t- did we? I thought we took it last time, didn't we? No, you've never oh, taken it. Put the hay bale underneath so it'll fall on the hay bale. And not hey, break. that's an interesting idea. Boom. This game is so whack. Right. <laughs> and that, you know what's really funny is every time you die, it was an eight-piece China set and then a 16-piece China set, and now it's a 32-piece China set. Oh, that is funny. Okay. As you walk past the shelves, they wobble and the china comes crashing down and lands softly on the hay. You're in a back room done up in the Art Deco style. You can see a back door through which you can exit, a grand piano which you can play, and a big sculpture made of cowbells, crash cymbals, and old car horns. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're trying to do here, game. Just go play the piano. Fuck it. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens when you play the piano. I bash out one of my favorite ragtime hits. Boy, am I dumb. Donna Cardici (laughs) bursts into the room with a derringer in her hands and fires. You're lucky as well as stupid. That bullet missed your heart by about a tenth of an inch. Does it really say, boy, am I dumb? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) What did you think was going to happen? That's amazing. (laughs) That was great. I I thought exactly that was going to happen, but I just wanted to see what he would like. To do. Oh, no, that was great. That was awesome. Well worth it. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's do all of that over again. And uh, this time. I don't know what to do because wait, what is the what was the first thing you said was in that room? You You can exit through a back door. There's nothing to, like, take or do nope. anything. You can either return the way you came or exit through the back door. <laughs> um, what was the other thing? It was like the, the sculpture made a out of A big sculpture made of cowbells, crash cymbals, and old car horns. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, we want to steer clear of that sculpture. Right. But what happens if we, like, touch it? You can't touch it. <laughs> what happens if we, like, walk by it? You can't walk by it. All you can do is exit through the back door or return the way you came. Exit through the back door. 
As I open the door, a draft of cold air rushes in. The sculpture wavers, then collapses, and comes right down on top of the grand piano. The lid snaps in two. Several strings snap at once, and there's a violent, deafening, and rather avant-garde explosion. Donna Cardici bursts into the room with a derringer in her hands and fires. You're lucky as well as stupid. That bullet missed your heart by about a tenth of an (laughs) inch. No, a tenth of an inch. All right. Okay, so that was a trap. All right. I, 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 I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that part okay what can we do (laughs) what can we do do we have another bale of hay that the sculpture can land on no unfortunately you don't you need to find something else that can help the sculpture not be noisy right (laughs) um oh well, we, we already used the tarp. We have the oil. Can we oil up the sculpture? No. We have a saw. Yeah. I can't think of what else. I mean, I don't know what the saw would do. We well, maybe there's, the an, maybe there's somewhere else we can look for some assistance. Is there is there like a like a pillow or Well there there was a bedroom upstairs. Yeah, but she's in the bedroom. That's okay, she's asleep. Okay. Yeah, let's go up there. You're in the bedroom. You see Donna Cardici asleep, a four poster bed, a washstand, and a mahogany bureau. This was the loud bureau you opened that got you shot last time. I wonder if is this you you think this is the part of the game where most people take out the handgun thinking that it's gonna like <laughs> no you were believe it or not it turns out to be a lighter you were so when you flagpole sitting was a shortcut what was actually supposed to happen at the college was you were supposed to dress in the professor's clothes and figure out that you had to light his pipe with the gun to look like a professor enough to pass through the students to get on campus but because you flagpole said it was just so goddamn impressive they just totally were like they went nuts and you got you got passed. And it, it really like the 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 shortcut to me seemed like the easier route because it gave you paint removing chemicals. Yeah. And it, it said like, oh, this paint, this paint looks like it could be removed with the chemicals. So, yeah, yeah, that that seemed like the one that it would it would have uh, like moved me in the direction towards. Now that we're in Donna Cardici's bedroom, yes. See if we can find something soft to to put underneath, the, or something to fix this this sculpture. This this well, we got to fix this loud bureau. Oh, we have the oil in the can. Oh, yeah. You apply a liberal squirt of oil to the bureau. The drawer glides open smoothly. Some things fall out: a clean sheet and a feather pillow. Nice. Take them both. Okay, you have taken them. Sure, we'll come. It'll come in handy in the future. Um, let's let's go back to the uh, room and put. We'll put the pillow underneath the like where the sculpture is, so it would fall softly on the pillow. Ah, as you open the door, a draft of cold air rushes in. The sculpture wavers, then collapses and land softly on the pillow. You're now on the back lawn. 
you can see a uh, the back door of the mansion where you came from and a hawthorn hedge with a hole in it, which you can enter. A hawthorn hedge, I believe, are like... Uh, yeah, I'm those are the hedges a uh, hedge mazes are made of. Hawthorn hedge. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's right. Okay. So let's enter that. We're going in a maze now. Yes. You enter the haze and you're in a swampy hollow. You see a copper moonshine still and an old hillbilly you can talk to. Talk to the hillbilly. Why there, Traveler, says the old man. Grandpappy Clunkett's the name. What can I do for you? Uh, that's a fascinating machine you got there, I say. Yes, sir. Pappy made it itself. Out frying pans and tractor parts. Makes the best gulp of Mountain Dew this side of the Mississippi. If you know how to use it. Here, take a taste. He takes a tin mug out of his overalls, draws a measure off the brownish liquid from the still, and hands it to you. Uh, I steal myself and the neck of the contents of the mugs. Whoo, I say with my vision clear. That's, I know, I do make the best, but it always comes out tasting a rotten armadillos. Of course, was my granddaughter was the expert. He takes back the empty mug with an apologetic smile. So where's your grand- granddaughter now, I ask? Oh, Mary Jo Lubell got some highfalutin city job. Some fancy Fifth Avenue law firm in New Losongo. Tragic waste of talent. I mean, I ain't impartial, but she must be the greatest moonshiner this side of the Rockies. Brings tears to my eyes to remember her liquor, just like it used to when I drank it. You acquainted with two city guys, I ask? A skinny fella and a big fella that don't talk much? Maybe an old Italian lady? Why, yes, they come here and buy my liquor. Unless you're the... Unless you're the revenuers, in which case they says to tell you I ain't ever seen them. (laughs) this guy i like this guy that's a fascinating machine you got there oh no i already asked him that okay all right so this guy's the producer yes now's our moment yes what can we say what can we what can we tell him let's see uh, there's nothing else to talk to him about like what oh uh, there's there was another thing to look at right like the machine or the something else to examine besides him nope nope there's just the still but it's a still no there's there was no like items around the still or anything nope. okay you want to see a giant squid tentacle <laughs> you show him the tentacle. He's not impressed. No, that's not true. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think we make the moonshine out of? What do I think you make the moonshine no, out of? I'm making oh. a joke. Okay, <laughs> I'll, stop, I'll stop making up dialogue. I thought I thought it was like a clue. I thought you were giving me a hint there as to what to do next. No. Um, it's hard not having the game in front of you. So like what yeah, so there, let me there's nothing else you can do here. Okay. So we just have we just kind of like have to go back to the people now to the guy that well, gave us the case. Well, what was the clue you just got in that dialogue? He produces the moonshine. After that, he gets paid 
from the two the two uh Luigi guys and... before that. Why why does it taste so bad? Oh, I missed that part. Why does it taste so bad? I accent I know it, it was so captivating. <laughs> of course uh here we go. I know. I do my best, but it always comes out tasting a rotten armadillas. Of course, it was my granddaughter was the expert. So where's your granddaughter now? Aw, uh, Mary Jo Lubell got some highfalutin city jobs, some fancy Fifth Avenue law firm in New Losongo. Oh, oh, so he literally means to go to Fifth Avenue. Okay. I think when you read it the first time, I thought it was like a, like a, um, just a saying. Yes. Like a Fifth Avenue law job, like it's a fancy, but it literally wants you to go to Fifth Avenue. Okay, I got you. Let's go to Fifth Avenue. Okay. Let's uh, back through the house. Uh, all right. Uh, and we want to climb the gate back out. I can't climb anything while wearing these goofy house shoes. Okay, we remove the shoes, and now you climb the fence. Uh, okay, let's go to the law firm. You're in the office of a fancy law firm. You see a pinstriped lawyer who you can talk to, a redheaded secretary you can talk to, or an inbox on the desk you can search. I gotta get a suit with pinstripes. I think it oh, would look real cool. It'd be so sharp. Let's uh, let's talk to the um, pinstriped lawyer, I guess. I am J. Epsom Esquire. How do you do? Lance and Rose, private investigator. How's the lawyering these days? Oh, you know, as long as people don't all start getting along, there'll always be plenty of work for us. Where did you find your secretary, I ask him. She walked in and asked for a job. I'm a generous man. She shows excellent organizational skills, and she didn't seem to have a clue about what an acceptable salary was. Did you, dear? He adds with a patronizing smile in the secretary's direction. Uh wow, this guy this guy sucks. Yes, he does. Kind of sucks a little bit. Can I ask him anything else about um okay. Uh let's uh let's look at the box. There was a box nearby. Interested about the box. Yes, you wait until nobody's looking and quickly flick through the papers in the box. Something catches my eye. A condemnation order for a timely t- for a time for a tiny hamlet southeast of the city called Swampy Hollow. You pull it out. This is an order for the compulsory sale to the state of some land southeast of New Losongo known as Swampy Hollow, where we just were, and the demolition of all structures built on it. The sale price don't look exactly fair either. It's signed by the state governor and witnessed by Senator Brinkman, the senator we met earlier. Ah. Senator Brinkman. It's all coming together now. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's talk to the secretary, I guess. The secretary gives a forced smile. Oh, boy. All right. Give me a give me a lady voice I should do. 
Meryl Streep. Nah, I can't do that. Give me another one. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Okay, never mind. I don't know why I do this. I don't, I can't remember what any of those people said. Uh, uh, welcome to the law offices of J. Epsom Esquire. My name is Mary Jo Lubell. I'm Mr. Epsom's secretary. How may I help you? Would I, you happen I think to... we got to redo that. Okay. Well, With a name like, like Mary Jo Lubell, whose grandfather is like a like a back pappy, grandpappy. Yeah. I think she should probably have like a southern affection. That's that's my my two cents. Well, howdy! Welcome to the law offices of J. Epsom Esquire. No, probably more refined, more refined than that. She would never get hired if she had that kind of a affection. Welcome to the law offices of J. Epsom Esquire. That's it. My Perfect. name is Mary Jo Lupell, and I'm Mr. Epsom's secretary. How may I help you? Would you that's, happen to be okay. related to Mr. Grandpappy Clunkett? Why, yes, he's my grandpappy. I miss him, but time is a moving on, and I can't stay in the family business forever. I lowered my voice and lean in. Now, if I were to inform Mr. Epsom about your previous occupation, do you think you'd get to keep this job? Go ahead. Mr. Epsom likes a drink as much as anyone else. You show her the condemnation order. Take a look at this, I say to the girl. Swampy Hollow, ain't that where your folks hail from? Mary Jo Lubell takes the paper, reads it, then angrily waves it at Mr. Epsom. What's this, she demands. You're helping somebody demolish my home swamp? Oh, that is where you're from, says Mr. Epsom. Well, you've moved on from there, haven't you? You can live in a proper apartment in the city, eat real food instead of roadkill. That's it, she says. I quit. She throws the paper to the floor and storms out of the office. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Um, can we talk to the lawyer, the jerk lawyer now? Uh, he has nothing else new to say to you. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go follow her then. All right. You leave the building and uh, start speaking with her. Uh, Mary Jo Lubell looks at me with a scowl. I suppose you're going to say I should go back to my folks, she says. It'd be a selfless service, I tell her. If what I hear is true, you're the Mozart of moonshine, the Beethoven of booze, the er, list of liquor. I run out of composers. Plus, your grandpappy's going to need a hand to defend the place when the bulldozers come. I guess you're right, she says simply. Her gaze meets mine for a moment, and then she walks away. Case closed, Spakeasy Street. Some people just got callings, whether they like them or not. Detectives got to detect, and moonshiners got to moonshine. The good booze will be flowing again shortly, and a city with good booze is a city with good times. And who knows? Maybe soon someone will put up enough bribe money to get prohibition repealed, repealed, and the girl can follow her heart then. I guess I should go find Wexler and see about getting the rest of my fee. Yeah, let's go. Let's go talk to Wexler. All right. So let's go back to your office. Uh, he's not there. there is he at the um funeral home maybe he's at the funeral home uh yeah before we do that oh i'm sorry <laughs> i went to the office building i didn't enter your office there's a note from wexler in your office 
It reads, Mr. Rose, thanks for taking on my case. When you're done, come see me at my place. Apartment 234, Kentucky and 2nd, West New Losango, signed Wexler. Okay. Let's head over. Okay. You enter the apartment building and you enter apartment 234. I knock on the apartment door. There's no answer, but the door's ajar. I let myself in. I'm in a cheap-looking, sparsely furnished apartment. I can also see Wexler. Uh-oh. Looks like I just got a new case. Case opened. A twisty little murder lying on the floor, face down in a puddle of blood, is Wexler. Oh, snap. Okay. Wow. All right. That's, uh, that's a twist. Somebody, somebody uh, killed this poor little Weasley guy. All right. You lean down to search the body. Yes. Bullet between the the shoulder blades. No valuables on him. A guy walks through the door with a gun in his hand. It's Senator Brinkman. What? Senator Brinkman. You got a voice for a senator? Who should I be? uh... You, you already had it. You, you. I don't remember. Back in episode one. It was a week ago. I don't remember. My name's Senator Brinkman. No, I don't think. It's make him sound like Richard Nixon. Oh, dear, Mr. Rose. No, that's a terrible. Oh, dear, Mr. Rose. Looks like you've lost your temper and murdered this poor man. He snaps the fingers on his non-gun hand. Goons! Two other men walk into the room, Gianni and Luigi Cardici. The senator gives Gianni a nod, and he sacks me in the stomach. Luigi gets behind me and shoves a cloth bag over my head. Someone lifts me, bundles me into a car. It's half an hour later, and I'm in the new Losango dockyard. The senator is here, flanked by Gianni and Luigi, each holding a Tommy gun. He's waking up, Senator. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Gianni. He's waking up, Senator Brinkman. Uh, You can uh, talk to any of the three gentlemen. Um, I guess let's let's talk to Senator Brinkman. Let's uh, let's find out what's going on here. The uh, the senator's forehead wrinkles as he looks at me. Well, Mr. Rose, here we are. What's going on, I say. Quit playing dumb. My people have seen what you've been up to. I know you were sniffing around the science building at Corndale College. I know you visited Swampy Hollow. I know you know the truth about the gargantuan squid. And I know that you were an intimate associate of Wexler. What did Mr. Wexler do to end up like he did, I ask? Nice try, Mr. Rose. We knew the two of you were on to us. I'm sorry, what was that about Corndale College? I said quit playing dumb. We know you're not as stupid as you pretend to be. Just like you know Corndale College is where we were perfecting the science for turning invisible ink into invisible exploding ink. Oh, snap. What's Swampy Hollow got to do with this? Like you don't know. We were hijacking the city's moonshine supply and filling some of the booze bottles with squid ink to be sent to the college for processing. That way, if our people get seen, they got a foolproof cover story. No one cares about college fraternity boys getting drunk. You also deduced that I'd co-signed an order for the Clunkett's land to be sold off and developed into a fast food restaurant so we could shut them up and send them packing when we were done. It was the perfect front, and you and your friend were about to blow it wide open. What's the truth about the gargant? What truth about the gargantuan squid would this be? I asked. I knew you weren't buying that baloney about the invisible ink. I should have come up with something better. Spy memos? Seriously? Hell, we share half our intelligence with the enemy anyway. But you knew it's what we can turn the invisible ink into that's valuable. 
Let me see if I got this. You're trying to make invisible exploding ink? We're nearly there. As soon as we find the stable formula, we'll carry out our plan. Your plan? Our plan, Mr. Rose, as you know, as you very well know. With invisible exploding ink, we will possess the ultimate weapon. We'll send undetectable incendiary letters to high-profile politicians and business leaders all across Europe, and they'll blame it on communists or anarchists or whoever. The world's already dwindling. Imperial powers will be politically and financially destabilized for a generation. With luck, they'll have even another war. Leaving the way clear for a new American century. Get them, boys! As the Cardici brothers' hands move to their gun, the world slows down. I got maybe five seconds to start running. Am I back in? Run. Uh, where would you like to run? You can uh, you can head east. Uh, there's also a fishing boat and an open manhole. Jump down the open manhole. Actually, the fishing boat would be cool. Go to the fishing boat. Uh, well, you jump down the old tunnel and then change your mind, jump back up, and then you got shot with your with the Tommy guns. <laughs> oh man uh i'm dead <laughs> yes <laughs> like dead it, dead but now i'm concerned because it says restart game i hope that doesn't restart Wait. us back to the beginning i'm like dead for for real ah, i had to restart the whole game you died i should have created a save point Dead? All right, hang on, hang on. Man. I'm going to pause the recording for a second. We'll be back right after this. Um, now we're back. We're back, so Matt. We're back from the dead. We have been uh, magically resurrected. Sean used the phoenix down, and um, our our character gets another another chance at this. Um, yes. Hopefully, he'll be a little more decisive this time and not be shot immediately by uh, because of his indecisions. So you only have. How many shots at this? So think, are you uh, ready? I think, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm going down that manhole this time. Uh, all right. Before we do that, let me, uh, I got to gotta get you, I got to get you that step. Does it seem like the problem last time was the lack of commitment? He went down the manhole, but then he came back up. Okay. Again, you can go east. You can enter the fishing boat or enter the manhole. Manhole. You're at the end of an old tunnel. You see an ancient minecart on rails, which you can ride, or you can head south down the tunnel. Ride the man, ride the cart. The wood of the cart groans as I climb uncertainly in. My weight shifts it, and the cart moves. It speeds up, rockets southward along the rails, and collides with a spine-shaking smack against an old bumper. I fall out onto the track. Oof. I think I shook off the Cardichis, at least for a few more minutes. Now, there's the hole in the wall uh, that you can enter to go back into the uh, mansion of Mr. Uh, what was his name? Q disdain. Uh, or you can go Northwest, which brings you into the maze of tunnels. Uh, let's go into the mansion. Let's see if we can get like, get help from this guy. Disdain. Okay. You've entered the hole in the wall. You exit into the basement. Uh, you go upstairs um you're back in the house there's no one here at this point you can go north east west or leave the house altogether leave the house you're on nebraska street and second avenue in the west side okay um well let's get we got to go to the police station 
Got to tell somebody about okay. this. All right. You're now at the police station. You enter the police station. There's Officer Garraway, who you can talk to, and there is a cell door which you can enter. I'm assuming you don't want to do that. Talk to the, talk to the officer. There's this okay. senator. Crazy. You... He's trying to make it exploding invisible ink. Garraway stares while I tell him all about Senator Brinkman and his plans. Uh, supposing I could out. No, no. Suppose maybe I'll do my best like Sylvester Stallone. Supposing I could help you, what would be in it for me? <laughs> uh, I have three hundred dollars. Okay. You show Officer Garraway a nice picture of Mister Hamilton. Wink. He accepts the bill without smiling. Your donation will be useful, citizen. Now, what were we talking about? <laughs> ah. Garraway stares while I tell him all about Senator Brinkman and his plans. Well, since you've shown support for this department in the past here, let me do you a favor. He pulls a pair of handcuffs from his belt and slaps them on me, then opens the cell door and bundles me inside. Now in the foyer, I hear the scuffle of Italian corruption and Garraway's voice. That man man of theirs under arrest for attending a place of sale of intoxicating liquor. He's in the custody of the New Lasango Police Department. Now beat it. Your senator friend won't be a problem much longer, says Garraway as he brings me my food a few days later. Some scandal about a hillbilly and an octopus or something. Should be safe to let you out in a week. I thank him and tuck him into my bread and soup. Hey, at least I'm getting free meals. That's more than I get paid for some jobs. Ending two of three. Oh. Oh. So we reached, that was an ending point. Yes, that was one possible ending. Was that the good ending? Was that like the best ending? It was an ending. It was an ending. I I mean, okay. I guess there was there, is there an objective to find the other two endings? We certainly can. Okay. All right. I I mean, I, there's three endings. I I do know there's three endings that don't result in you being shot. That was one of them. All right. Let's, let's think about what else we could have done here. We could have probably gone back to the detective office, but I don't really see what good that would have done because there's nobody there, right? Like you wouldn't have just your office. Right. We could have gone to the, on the fishing boat. I was kind of intrigued at what would have happened. Would you like to try that? Let's see. Yeah. This is like Clue, like like, uh, the movie Clue. I'm on a fishing boat moored at the city docks. The old sailor is on the boat. I run onto the boat at full speed. The sailor gets to his feet, to her feet. Hold it there, landlubber. What are you in such a hurry about? Uh, you gotta help me, I tell her. I'm being pursued by a corrupt senator and two Italian mobsters. Now this is a situation I'm familiar with, the sailor beams. I've never seen anyone so old work so fast. She's got the gangplank drawn, the anchor weighed, and the ship chugging out to sea before Brinkman and his goons can get off dry land. There's plenty of places to go, the sailor tells me later. Tropical islands with palm fringe beaches, drug havens with corrupt governments and friendly smugglers, grumbling colonies with power vacuums. You think about it, and I'll drop you off wherever you want. Resourceful person can always find a way to make it in this world. I lean on the railing and watch the familiar city skyline recede over the horizon. I'll find a way back someday. Ending one of three. Aha, okay. So then uh, the third ending, let's uh, let's go 
north or whatever that was like run down the street. East? East, yeah. Okay. You're at Louisiana Street and First Avenue. You hear a gunshot in the distance. You can enter the dockyard or continue um, north, east, or south. Enter the dockyard. Oh, no, you were in the dockyard. Well, I'm sorry. Right. That would be going back. Yeah, you can go north, northeast, or south, or call a cab to go to any of the other locations we've been to. Uh, let's go. Where can we find the third ending? Let's go. To, I think uh, I know. And okay. this is not something. This is a total guess from me. If you want me to give it, I can give it. But it's up yeah, to you. What are you thinking? Well, we, we already ended I the think, game twice. So. I think we should go talk to our girlfriend, Ruby, at the hospital. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Let's go. A few remaining characters who hasn't gotten yeah. like murdered. I, I was I was thinking that, but, but when uh, when I when I was thinking of either go to the hospital or the police station. Let's go to the yeah. Let's go to the hospital. Let's see what Ruby says. The cab stops and I get in. The Cardici brothers catch up with me and let her rip with their Tommy guns. I am dead. Uh, I think it's because Whoa. we traveled around a bit first before calling the cab. If we call the cab right away, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, let's try that. Because uh, I can definitely... Oh, you know what we should do? Okay, I'm going to do it this way. We should go through the tunnel to the house and then call a cab. Get some distance between us. Yeah, that's how I got to the police station safely. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's go to the hospital. Oh, no! You can... The Cardici brothers catch up with you and let it rip with their Tommy guns. When did they catch up with us? When we got to the house? At the hospital. Okay, so hospital's not an option then. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I really, I want to give that one more shot because I think I might have fucked it up how I did it. So uh, you think of other options yep. while, um, while I do this. Ah, all right. I did it right this time. You can talk to Ruby. Ah, damn it. I didn't do it fast. Enough. I didn't do it fast enough. You died again. I think it's, I, I can only take so many steps before they catch up and I'm just not doing a good job of getting there. Oh, Entry, I see. The, like the timer keeps running. Because I was able to get to the police station in time. Um, out, up, out, on the street. Ah, the cab is there. Okay, this will save me some time. Ruby, I'm on the run from a corrupt senator and a couple of Italian mobsters. You gotta help. Ruby looks angry. Not this time, Lanson. It's always one thing or another with you. Ruby, can you lend me $10? Ruby, can you sew up my face? Ruby, I'm on the run from Italian gangsters. What are you gonna do about it? You never think about what I want. Enough is enough. I think that means she's broken up with you wait what oh okay sean i cheated i, I looked up the ending oh um i i looked it up because i had a feeling that it would have to do with something that we missed and it and it turns out i was right okay what was what was something that we didn't do in the very beginning in the first episode the very first adventure 
a study. We never found the treasure. We never found the treasure. So effectively, and this would take way too much backtracking to do, what Uh, you have to do, and this is really, this is, I don't, I can't tell if this is stupid or ingenious. Sean. Yeah. Once you enter the house, you already have the treasure. Oh, the treasure. The treasure. Was the friendships is, we made along the way? Well, that's that is the real treasure. The doorknob is the treasure. Do I have you, the doorknob. You have it. What we were supposed to do after the after we had received our money, and I like I said, I can't tell if this is ingenious or insane. Yeah. You have to. It says, after reading the blank page in the ultraviolet lamp by the aquarium, leave the house. Do not visit Marcus, as he will have already been murdered and you'll be captured. Instead, just leave the house and go to the pawn shop. Pawn the doorknob for money. Go to Ruby. Um, or it's, it's, It says, pawn the door shop for money. Buy a ring. Go to Ruby. Propose. Then go to Marcus's room and find his corpse. After being captured, then you can escape into the manhole, ride the cart, and get to Ruby for safety. And that is is ending number three. Well, but we never saw a pawn shop. I guess there's a pawn shop somewhere in the in the town, maybe. It just says pawn the doorknob. Yeah, that's the thing. We must have missed a conversation at some point where that was enabled as an option. Is there, does it say there's a pawn shop in the town or is that like undiscovered? No, no, but some of the locations don't pop up until you have certain conversations. All right. So yeah, I guess, I guess that we we missed that at some point. That's a really elaborate and uh, Mm. convoluted way. Yeah. Well, there you go. You solved almost all the cases. Yeah, and the, and the third one, there was there was we we could have been sitting here for hours trying to. Yes, I'm glad you that looked out. that up. Yeah, so that's the um, well, that's the case. That's Detective Land. Wow, good job, Matt. You did it. We've done it. Ooh, ooh, that was exciting. What a month. Yeah. That was that was a, a lot of adventures. So, Sean, what a tell me about? Let's recap them a little bit. Now that we've done all these text adventures, what was your favorite? Okay, well, let's go through them. So, the first one we play, we play a little bit of Zork. We did the first day was a little bit. Yeah, we like sampled a couple of them. Yeah, but right. uh, what was the night night house? There was night a. house. Actually, yeah. Let's let's go through each one. And on a, on a uh, on a on a scale of on a scale of uh, three pigs to zero pigs, three pigs being well, that's the not much pig. of a scale. <laughs> three out of five pigs. pigs. Okay, five pigs. We'll we'll do five pigs. Um, five pigs or or five um, pizzas from the pizza shop. What what would you say was your? Let's go through each one. Zork. How, how would you rate Zork? Uh, Zork was a two, but it gets like a bonus one and a half for being the first. So it goes to like a three and a half. Three and a half giant squid tentacles. Okay. Yep. 
I'm what surprised. about you? I actually thought I thought you were going to rank it lower because we we managed to break the game really early by uh, throwing away our. But I pool. think I think if we went back and played it now after playing all these other games, I think we'd be better. I think that was a hard one to start with. Detective Land is what we should have started with. That was the easiest to play. Yeah, I I think uh, I think you're right. We started with Zork because it was the oldest, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the it's a, a natural starting point. It was actually, tough. I think these probably get more user friendly as time goes on. All right, yeah, I would probably say Zork would probably be around a three, just because it's the original. You kind of have to pay it that respect. If it wasn't the original, I'd probably give it like a two. Agreed. Uh, what about uh, Nighthouse? Uh, Nighthouse. Um, Nighthouse resonated with me. I liked Nighthouse. I I would personally say I thought that was like a I thought that was like a 3.5, maybe maybe even a 4. I think 3.5 is probably fair. Um it was very imaginative and I really liked the plot. I liked the twist ending. And uh it it was uh it was yeah, overall a very memorable experience. Yeah, I'd say solid 4. Some sometimes my gripe with Nighthouse was that sometimes it was really hard to figure out what you had to do next. Right. Like getting getting to the next step was not always logical. And I feel like in a text adventure, that's like the most important thing is that your your next step should be log like it should be logically laid out. Sometimes it yeah. was like oh, I, I didn't and also there's a ton of lore. Not that's a bad thing, but like. But I thought it was good uh, lore. That was the thing. Like I was entertained by like the mix of the like Dinocopters Atari stuff with like this weird like giant Venus flytrap, giant spider wackiness. Like I thought the lore was a good kind of lore. I'd give it like a four. I thought it was really good. I had fun playing that, and I think that was the game we used the least hints in, as well. So I I agree. Parts of it were challenging but they were always parts we kind of like worked our way through. Yeah, that's fair. There was, there was just a, it was a, a mountain of lo- like, like, yeah, I, I yeah, oh, it was too much. It was I too much. I agree. I wouldn't fault the game for the lore. I thought the lore was, was part of building the story and building the universe, but also I th- felt like there were things that didn't amount to anything and it could be that we, Loose ends and- but like, yeah, there were, there was like we said, and during the episode, there were just things that didn't, matter or didn't really end up meaning anything or it was like the red herrings and stuff but anyway yeah probably say like a 3.5 to 4 somewhere around so there. so what about lost pig pig lost the same thing pig lost what do you what did you think <laughs> of pig lost i thought it was great i think it was the most fun game we played um in terms of entertainment i liked the lore and the story and the characters I think we enjoyed it. I thought the puzzles were a little hard. Um, I, I will admit, because I was sort of DMing that one. And there was a lot of like secret coaching going on at points when we were struggling. So I do think it was a little complex, but I do think it was a lot of fun. So I'd give that one like a four, four and a half. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I would have I was going to give it a four and a four and a half. I, it was it was very entertaining. I think it had the best protagonist. Um, yep. Wrong. Yeah, the characters overall were great, and and the gnome and the pig. Yeah, all the characters were 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 excellent. I I would have liked 
a more varied setting. Like there, the only two real, it was really just the, the um, like above ground world. And then all of a sudden then the cave that you're in, but the cave has like different parts and components, but it would have been kind of nice if you could have gone like to, to other sections or other, other lands. I, I really like that one though. I, I like the, the, the characters really kind of drove it home for me and the humor It used a lot of, a lot of good. Uh... And there was also, we looked up later on, there were a lot of funny things that we missed out on doing, like uh, feeding the pig the light, which would have would have been like a, I guess something funny would have happened there, um, or or other other things. Um, yeah, pig loss like, was great. Yeah, what I what I think about is like which of these games, if it were made into a movie or TV show, would I watch? It would definitely be Pig Lost. I think that pig lost would be first from a, on the list from a maybe not my favorite puzzle game. But definitely my number one in characters and in the story. Um, now, uh, Detective Land. Detective Land. I want to know what you think of Detective Land. You know, it's hard. And obviously I saw the interface the whole time. It's really an incredibly beginner's limited game. I, I struggle to compare it to the others because it's not really a text adventure game. It's more of a visual choose your own adventure novel. You know what I mean? Where the options are very limited and they're always, all of the options are always in front of you. So it's not like you're typing like, oh, should it be open door or kick door? Or it's like, no, your options were always very limited. So story kind of guides you through it a lot easier. And so it's not really a text-based adventure game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun and funny. Um, I just think it's not, I'm going to give it a, uh, uh, DNF did not finish. Uh, I'm I'm not going to score it because it really I really wouldn't I couldn't compare it on its own. Not compared to the others, it was very good, but I can't compare it to the others. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's a it's a rough comparison because even like I didn't see any of the interface, but I kind of got the sense that you weren't able to interact in the same way as you did as you were with the other games because the other games you had a little bit more freedom, right. With like what to type. And this was, this felt almost more like an interactive story, like a, like a point It actually felt, it felt to me like kind of like a point and click adventure in the form of a text adventure game, which is uh, yeah, essentially what it was, but that didn't make it bad. I still like, but I like the story. I like, I like the puzzles. The puzzles were, you know, like the, the crashing house where you had to get the pillow and the bale of hay. Like some of that was really fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it's it's tough to score, and also like the feel like I wanted to score each individual adventure too. This was really kind of like for I feel like this one if you were paying for these experience like these were all free, but if you were paying for any of them, I feel like this game would this one would probably give you the most bang for your buck because really you have you sure. have four separate adventures in each yeah. one, um, but yeah. It's it's tough to tough to grade this one. I'd probably say like a somewhere around a three. Um. Now, are we gonna do? Are we gonna count? What was that other game we played like two minutes of? And then oh, I cut that out of the episode. That never aired. Spider, Spider and Web. Yeah, I edited that out. No one knows we played it except you and I because it went so poorly. And by yeah. the way, that game is very well reviewed. I just think we were bad at it. Yeah, we, we we didn't really get an understanding of the rules though. Apparently the the only things you could do in that game were answer yes or no questions with yes or no 
and and examine the environment. I thought I we were playing it like it was Zork, like you could like right. go in places and pull levers. And immediately and died. Yeah, and you're yeah. just you're like you're basically like like uh, where you're like tied to a chair or something, and you just have to answer yes or no. So, um, we didn't we didn't grasp the rules. We weren't good at that one, but. Um, well, I think at some point maybe we'll we'll revisit it. Who knows? Sure. And we also have a couple other ones that we I'm, uh, there's a there's a whole wealth of these. There's a whole library. Someday we'll we'll get back to them. But so ends our text adventure. Let us know at home. Did we get the good ending? Did we uh, get the mediocre ending, or or did we did we get the bad ending? Let us know at a. Uh, uh, up for debate. Yes, tweet tweet at us at up for debate TV on Twitter and use the hashtag all's well that ends well. We're using hashtags now. Good. Uh, it's Exciting. about time, I guess. Yeah, cutting edge. Uh, wonderful. Well, Matt, this officially, it's sort of like uh, you know when they close down the Olympics. They actually take the flame and they start running it to the next Olympics as soon as one is over. The, the flame never really goes out. And so this is the official closing ceremony of March Madness. But the torch is lit and running towards 2022 when another March Madness will occur. Nah. Can't wait till the, that uh, March Madness starts up again. March Madness only comes once a year, Sean. And uh, before you know it, we'll be in Sean Tober. Sean Temper. Oh, uh, Sean, Sean Temper. Uh, not that one makes more sense than the other, but uh, <laughs> but Matt, I, I I just think for next year there's only one rule: no text adventure games. More text adventure games. <laughs> yes, that's a tradition. Uh, and now in every every not. March Madness, we will incorporate uh, at least one not. text adventure game. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to say, "Well, then March Madness really isn't my month because we do it, so I need another month." And all of a sudden, it's like you know. Matt, Matt, you lie or something. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Sember, and all of a sudden, Matt has two months, and then it's three, and then it's four, and then it's it's Matt all year round. It's slippery slope. Matt, you airy. Matt, you airy. Oh boy, oh boy, it's spilling over. Uh, Matt, just like Baylor, we're national champions. We did it. Uh, we won, and we're done. But we're gonna be back next week with non-text adventure game content what it is you're gonna have to tune in to find out make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts just search up for debate and put us in that pod catcher you've got going there uh, and of course you can follow us we mentioned the twitter you can also email us up for debate tv at gmail.com but gosh darn it we've gone long enough we got to wrap it up here thanks folks for joining us on this episode and all month long for text-based adventure games on behalf of matt i'm sean good luck uh what's what's a good sign off for for a text adventure themed month uh you know, keep 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 solving those puzzles or like uh 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 keep 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 those eyes peeled, detectives. There you go. Sean uses ending on show. It does, <laughs> it does nothing. One shine and more.
This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.